what is going on? This is a podcast. This is indeed a podcast. The Side Talks podcast, the official podcast of Sidewalk. Who are you? I'm Rachel Morgan. I thought you were going to say something after that. Like Sidewalk Cinema, Film Festival. Just left it at that. Okay. Sidewalk, the organization that encompasses the cinema and the film festival. We just had an article written up in the local, so you know who we are. You should. Better. Uh, That's Rachel Morgan, and I'm Corey Kraft. What's up, Ding Dong? What's the volume on that? Audio spike. Take that, Brad. Sorry, that was unintentionally adversarial. (laughs) Really? Um, Really was. Just blew off the speakers. Is that a thing that you can do? Blow off a speaker? No, I think you blow them up. Blow them up. Or blow them out. Blow them out. Let me just ask you a question real quick. I was about to sing a song and it was too gross to sing. What's the grossest song? The grossest song that you can think of off the top of your head? Sucking on chili dog. (laughs) (laughs) Comes up a lot. You need to use the dick jar for that. I was just thinking it's butterfly kisses. That's a that gross song. That is the song. most disgusting. That is a gross That song. is such a gross, sick ass song. I mean, I and was, not I, like sick ass, like sick ass, but like. Bleh. I was going as I often do when asked about offensive music to our friend Robin Thicke, <laughs> and basically every song he's ever done. Those are Love. those are gross songs. No, the whisper song is the one I like though. Oh God. Okay. Well, you I'm can keep it. Without you, and I but, uh, folks, are you hearing this? Robin Thicke is here. He just showed up. <laughs> He's wearing that black and white striped <laughs> suit that he wear, wore in that one video. You can visualize it, so that's why I said it. Wow. Robin Thicke <laughs> in Batwell Studios here today. Uh, I'd ask for your autograph, sir, but I don't like you. Uh, I like him okay because he looks just like my cat. Wait, come back! Oh no, he's gone. All right. <laughs> well, that was a that was a spontaneous visit from Robin Thicke. Maybe he or other pop singers will be back. At or some one point. of the members of the of the mass singer, like I don't know, hot dog or <laughs> ice cream or chili face. If you were on the mask singer, which kind of monster would you be? I want to be ice cream cone. Okay. Did when when ice cream did Old Town Road. There you go. That's what I'm All right. That what makes, about you? Um, ladybug. Yeah, I'd probably be Ladybug. <laughs> oh, let's start talking about movies. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's this shit? Was that Robin Thicke? That was Robin Thicke. It kind of is. It's kind of wow. the same voice. I didn't realize we were going to have... A celebrity here with us today. Oh, no. Listen, I am about to recount to you the shortest clip in the history of the world. Okay. I, I didn't I didn't prep today and I watched something just a minute ago. I <laughs> sent you out of the room and you might have noticed while you're out of the room that I was you were gone very, very Yeah, it wasn't briefly. a very long clip, like forty five seconds. No, and maybe. so you're you're probably not gonna get it because of the length of the clip. But uh, you hey, know what? You're, you know, I'm riding high after my win a date exactly. with Tad Hamilton victory. So we'll exactly. see. Exactly. So, you know, I, I don't I'm not gonna feel bad for not giving me more clips. So I'm gonna be okay. a little descriptive about what I'm seeing, but right. it is very, very limited uh scene here. Okay. There are two fairly famous people sitting in the back of a pickup truck. And I go, oh, is that supposed to be the South? Because I see some Spanish moss. And I find out very quickly that indeed it is supposed to be the South. All right. These two people feel a little flirty. Okay. Again, very famous actors. Very famous. Very, I, I would say very. One one more famous than the other. And one is female and one is male. Um, is this – how, how 
contemporary of a truck it's, is this? I don't. The truck looks a little older, but the film is not that old. Okay. And her hair is the worst mushroom cut I have seen. She's got a mushroom. She's cut. got a mushroom cut. I mean, it is the ugliest little bowl on her head. And I know very quickly, it's confirmed very quickly, that she is indeed Southern because there is a really terrible Southern accent coming out of her mouth. And they're kind of riffing each other. And she says something along the lines of, I done a lot of shit in my life. Oh, no. And it's a really terrible Southern accent. And I think they're drinking beers. Drinking beers. In the back of a truck on a beautiful sunny day. And she's got a bad Southern accent and and a mushroom cut hair. Okay. That's all I got for you. That's all you've got. They don't have anything else to say to one another. They really don't. They're kind of flirty. Flirty. And he's kind of giving her the, like, you hadn't done much in your life. And she's like, I've done a lot of crazy shit. That's all I have. Literally, that's all I have. Very famous actor. Well, so my my thought goes, my first thought immediately goes to, like, a Nicholas Sparks adaptation. Are we talking about, like, a romantic drama? It looks like it. I don't know. So this is not a movie you've seen? No. Okay. I mean, I just blindly went and got... Something out how, of the air. How old are these actors? They're, are they fairly mm. young? Are they? They're a little older. Little, little older. older. And and this is she is kind of frozen in time. To be honest with you, she's an actor who kind of perpetually looks like she's maybe she kind of landed on thirty and stayed there. Huh. And I don't know how old she would have been. This this film's not very old. Not very old. Yeah, I'm. Uh, this Are is a puzzle. This is a puzzle. Can you? Okay, I don't want to wave the white flag immediately. Okay. Um, but can you give me? I'm gonna have to ask for the less famous performer here. I don't remember his name. Okay. But he's on Mad Men. John Hamm. Yes. I thought that was his name. I should have just said it. John Hamm. Okay, so I'm giving you more than I normally do. So, and you know, you're not getting it. Okay, I feel like I, if you don't know not. that it's from the last few years and it's him, you're not going to get this. Yeah, one. What you wouldn't the have fuck gotten this. Has one. He done this is a this is a film called Lucy in the Sky. Oh fuck! I saw this shit. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No. Oh my you god! You didn't get and you didn't get it. This is the worst movie of the year that it came out. 2019. This, this shit is. Terrible. Well, the accent, I couldn't believe it. It's, it's Natalie Portman. Yeah. Who, um, you know, I love Natalie Portman. I do too. Natalie this Portman. This accent, though, y'all. Natalie Portman goes for it sometimes. Right. Like Jackie, like right. Vox Lux. And like when she connects or when she has good material, I'm all for Natalie Portman pushing shit let me, beyond. Let me just give this to you real quick here. Plenty of things wrong. I bet you never even came in second in anything. Yeah, they're astronauts. Just wait. Look, Mr. Mr. Know-it-all. I've done lots of torture shit. Uh, I'm here to tell you. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that accent is terrible. So, okay. Do, do, you don't know, know anything nothing. about this I know, no. No. Do you remember the case that made minor news headlines some years ago of the astronaut who, in a fit of jealousy, put on a diaper, put on a diaper, <laughs> and drove cross country to like shoot Corey. Her. What do you mean? Do I remember okay, that? Fair enough. I live for this shit. I live for the day in which I can read a newspaper paper article about a woman who goes to the store and buys fucking depends. Puts them on so that she doesn't have to stop en route to, to stalking someone. Well, Lucy That's... in the Sky is the dramatization of that story. <laughs> okay, I'm in. I'm in. I'm I in. mean, it's awful. Like, we're talking like 
shifting aspect ratios for our quote unquote artistic purposes. Oh, We're no. talking about the most ham handed, heavy, like ridiculous, stupid dialogue you've ever heard anybody well, try to deliver. We just heard a few minutes of it. it well, oh, seconds. Um, and Natalie Portman, like, fucking goes for it, but at what a cost. So let me ask you, is, Awful this, movie. is this, I just really need to know, is this bad movie night bad? No, it's so boring. Oh, it's boring. Okay. Oh my mm, God. What a bummer then. Um, no, you need to watch it in full. But doesn't that, doesn't that story, doesn't the diaper story, doesn't, isn't that just fodder for Lifetime? Like but, how did this well, even get made outside of Lifetime? That is a Lifetime movie story. Here's the thing that damns this movie completely. It downplays the salaciousness of oh. it. Oh. And like. No. Oh, it What's, tries to sh- approach with respect and, and dignity, and no, like no, no, as no. a as a as a focused no. character study of a woman who kind of she went to space and she gained that sort of space perspective oh. that you hear people talk about. But when she came back, she like was driven crazy by uh, John Hamm's dick. Oh man! Yeah. Well, mm. um, which I guess is not the first person that's happened to, and um, probably won't be the last. I, that was I was going to go the opposite direction with that, but okay. Um, um, can we get the he's dick a, jar? He's out? A this, is the, man. this is the John Hamm dick. But jar. that's what the movie's about. That's and I think Ellen Burstyn, who is in the movie, oh, no, actually, Ellen Burstyn's yeah, in this too. <laughs> and she has a line. <coughs> Sorry, oh, I'm, I'm getting worked up. I mean, you really are. Um, she has a line that is something like, "All that astronaut dick has made you soft." Okay, hold on. There's so much wrong with this line. Also, how how is that line exist in this film, but yet it's not good enough for bad movie night? It just isn't. Right. Just, I right. mean, watch it and judge for yourself, but I, I got to look this line up because I want all that – I'm typing into Google, all that astronaut dick has <laughs> – uh, and I'm just going to – Well, I mean, that, that would be accurate. Yes. This woman bought Depends. All to- that astronaut dick has made you soft, wow. which is Ellen Burstyn in Lucy in the Sky. Wow. I can't believe you didn't get this, even after knowing the actor. Maybe you, for self-protection, blocked it from your brain. I'm almost certain that's what happened. I hear you. Um, But now it's all flooding back to me, and I'm horrified and delighted. Well, you know what? You needed to lose one. It was time, right? It was time. It was time for you to take one. Okay. I I did, but you know, I did win that date with Tad Hamilton, so ultimately, I came away with something. Uh, No, it's no astronaut dick. Reflections. Or wait, chimes. hold on. Uh-oh. Reflections. Oh, oh Robin, Robin Thicke, Thicke came back. Oh, here. my God. I called him back in for a second. He's he's in he's in the, the Sam booth, which is what we call the booth in there that Sam uses. Because yep. Sam uses it. Yeah, that's the official name. We should do that in fast film terms. Sam booth. So, listen, uh-huh. what are we reflecting on? Have you, have you done any Sundance? Are you doing Sundance? I am doing What's going Sundance. On Sundance. I'm doing virtual Sundance. Uh, virtual Sundance access starts as of this recording in six days. So, okay. Tuesday the 24th. And I bought individual tickets because the pricing was a little sure. better on that to, I don't remember how many movies, like 17 movies or something like that. So we are going to mainline 17 Sundance movies through the 30th of January. 
very excited for that. Got a, a nice cross-section of mostly uh, narratives this year that I wanted to see. Um, not everything I wanted to see, but most everything. Really wanted to see the Brooke Shields documentary, which I didn't see was available with a single ticket. Is yeah, it? I, I don't remember. Yeah. That's not one that I got a ticket gotcha. to. I, don't, I, I went looking and I didn't find yeah. one. Because, um, you know, a, a lot of the films playing and premiering at Sundance this year whether they are already distributor held or not, are choosing to forego that virtual route. Absolutely. So let me just ask you this. Okay. What is the most, in your opinion, the most anticipated film at Sundance this year? Well, it's one that I didn't get a ticket to. Okay. Because it's sold out already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the film Cat Person, um, okay. which is a narrative adaptation of the sort of infamous New Yorker short story that made uh, – Waves, I don't know, three, four years ago now, pre-pandemic. Um, it is a dark comedy thriller about um, a young woman played by Amelia Jones, the star of Coda, who strikes up a relationship with an older man played by Nicholas Braun, who's on succession as Cousin Greg, who she meets at a cinema and things get kind of darkly comic and intimidating from there. Um, it's, it's kind of a, the short story anyway, was a story about um, kind of gender, a lot of gender disparities and things like that in, in dating and sort of the pitfalls of modern dating yeah. uh, and dating a quote unquote nice guy gotcha. um, or the, you know, the titular cat person um, and having him turn out to Hence be kind of a, a creepy weirdo. Yeah. Um, this one is the I think the directorial debut of the woman who wrote the screenplay for Booksmart. So um, okay, yeah. She, she is uh, well, maybe it's not her directorial debut. I can't remember her name in any case. So sorry about that, um, ma'am. Because I really we'll like do Booksmart. a retraction eventually here. Um, and I, I'm really excited to see this movie, but it wasn't able to get a ticket. I I may still try to get a ticket because sometimes. Sundance yeah, you never know just offers more tickets to virtual screenings or so they did last year. Um, but I'm sure this is the big buzzy title. I'm sure a distributor is going to get it. So Snatch I'll see it you at up. some point. Snatch it up. Well, I have one last question okay. for you um, here. We don't need to spend too much time on Sundance. But I'm curious. There's been a lot of talk recently. And this is coming in light of some new sort of focus on the film that was American, that was originally titled, titled Jihad, Jihad Rehab, yeah. right? Yeah. And then has been retitled to the unredacted, which we are screening at the cinema by the time this releases that screening. You've missed it. Is, been in, is in the rear view, but we hope you caught it. Um, if it was something you were interested in doing. Um, but that, that has caused a lot of sort of relooking at, what Sundance means because there was so much scratch up around that film with a couple right. of programmers, one of which is a acquaintance slash friend of mine who resigned over it, Kim Yutani, insisting that, that they program it um, as is her position to do. And so I'm just curious, uh, some of these articles that are coming out are saying things like, does Sundance matter anymore? Are film yeah. festivals too soft? Are what film festivals are even standing up anymore and taking these risks? Is everybody too scared? Is cancel culture really gotten their hands on on festivals? And what are we going to do when festivals have historically been tastemakers in regards to up and coming films that studios won't touch? Right. And certainly plenty of examples of that that we could point to over the years, including I wonder if we'd really have somebody like a Tarantino at least at the time when Tarantino hit the scene, if it wasn't for people who were doing interesting programming, embracing the works of 
somebody like Tarantino. Um, maybe not the best example, but certainly, um, well, yeah, maybe. Sure. What do you think? Do you think? Do you think Sundance is Sundance is, is done and is just another sort of blip on the on the Hollywood radar, so to speak? I think that would be a short sighted comment to make. Yeah. Given that two years ago Sundance launched Coda and Summer of Soul, which were the Academy Award winner for Best Picture and doc- Best Documentary Feature. But maybe that's an argument in there. I mean, that's just feeding right into Hollywood, right? I'm just playing devil's advocate a bit and saying well, that neither one is, of those films have any edge. Sure. I mean, neither one of those films are doing anything that well, wouldn't I'd be argue embraced. for Summer of Soul, which is a movie I love. But, yeah, but, but you, it's a I'm fairly not, commercial no, documentary. I'm not saying it's not a great film. Right. I'm simply saying that when you program Summer of Soul, you're not really doing any – You're not. Yeah, you're, you're not going out on a limb. No, it's not like you know something like Compliance – or the uh, night, well, or, or the nightingale, right? right? Things that people want to get up and walk out of, um, or even some lesser known titles. It's tough. I mean, I, I sympathize with the position that that programmers around the country find themselves in when in weighing sort of the pros and cons of programming difficult material. As far as the specific question about Sundance, yeah. I don't see them fading from relevance anytime soon. Yeah. They're they're kind of the the American festival that's too big to fail. You know what I mean? Like sure. for for better or for worse, they do set the tone of the conversation. Um I I would also say that if they have moved away from programming controversial films, I think that they did that fifteen years ago. I think it's probably correct. You I know, think like, I, I, I wouldn't argue that. I also, I, 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 f- I think it all gets wrapped up into one easy to digest package of controversial, right? Sure. There's a much, there's a lot of difference between something being controversial like dog tooth, right? Right. Or compliance. We're f- good example there that you have compliance, which is based on actual transcripts, yeah. it's based on an actual story. It's based on something that happened to people, but it isn't a documentary. Whereas you have something like the unredacted, formerly Jihad Rehab, which is a documentary. So it's it's presented as nonfiction and it is a white non-Muslim making a film about the Muslim community. I, I would I would say in response to that. That is less of a concern than the Saudi political situation that the you know that that Meg the filmmaker sure. had to sort of traverse into by necessity to even have access to her subjects and whether the Saudi government with its rather notorious history of human rights violations sure. and well present day I'm sure um, is a trustworthy partner. In, in even approaching to make a documentary film. Yes, but this is it's this it's you're saying the same thing I'm saying, which is that a nonfiction film has different sure. there are different standards and different expectations. There, there have to and be. there's much more at stake. Much many different things at stake, but perhaps the, is the way to say it. My position is that we can have the discussion about all of these things while still screening the film for audiences to see and consider for themselves. So how do you feel about Sundance's decision then? I don't agree with it. Yeah. I'm look, 
that's kind of me going out on a limb to say that because I have to admit that I'm not any more well-versed in the subject matter than what I have read in the articles about this controversy. Right. Right. And trying to read both sides of this argument. And that is really the exposure that I have. I'm not any expert in documentary film ethics and I'm not any expert in, in the political minefields that, that this has to be, you know, they have to be considered. Well, yes, and, and ultimately you didn't make the decision, ultimately, right? I and didn't ultimately make the I didn't make the decision. Ultimately we As had the it... backseat driver, right? right. Uh, looking at that, I, I think it's a shame that they didn't stand by the film and their initial impulse you. to program it. I, I think it's a shame. And I, again, that's just me. That's just some asshole who, you know, wants to believe that we should have a fairly open quote unquote marketplace in which we can see things that will push and provoke us and cause us to, you know, consider these, these ideas. I, you know, I don't know. Is it, is it unethically made? I can't make that determination. Uh, should she have been the filmmaker to make it? I can't answer that question for anybody else, but I think the film should be available for people to see it and make up their own mind. Yes. To be clear, or somewhat clear. We had a member. We have a member of the community on our programming team, and and they they inevitably were the ones to to be asked to make the decision, and did indeed make the decision, um, along with with uh, the process of turning to, to turning to other members of the community. So it wasn't it wasn't myself or you, Corey, that made the decision, and neither one of us really felt comfortable making the call. And so I think in some ways that does show a bit of of sympathy towards the decision making process there at Sundance. Yeah, it's a tough call. And again, it's easy for me to take the sort of idealistic road there and be like, well, of course you should, you know, we should have complete free speech, you know. And I I do think I stand by that statement, but obviously there are nuances to this yeah. conversation. Well, and I've said before, I've, uh, one of the things I've said when responding to folks who have who've emailed us very angry about this is that we are, as a programming team, that we are anti-censorship, Yeah. right? Um, so we are anti-censorship, but we're also anti-propaganda. And that can be a really hard thing to parse out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you look at a lot of advocacy films, its heart is in the right place. I'm not not speaking of this specific film, I'm not leaning in on that. But at any all, number but of documentaries that, that people have their heart in the right place. Right. But we just don't. We we are we do not program advocacy films as a general rule. There may there could be exceptions to the rule because we do we don't believe in in hard lines in the sand necessarily. Um, but we so we can make some exceptions. But we generally speaking do not program advocacy films. Anyway, um, as is always the case in retractions, we're not solving any <laughs> issues today. Uh, we are simply talking through some things and interested in what you think. And you can give us an email at podcast at sidewalkfest.com. We'd love to hear from you. Well, thank you for listening to the Side Talks podcast. We're your own personal cinematic wallaby barn. No, I'm sorry. Wallaby darned. Wallaby darned? We're your own person. Let me start over. You don't have to start over, actually, Brad. People can tolerate this again, I think. I need to hear it again. We're your own personal cinematic, the Wallaby Darned and the Pina Koala. Oh, God. These, are, these are themed drinks. These are themed drinks. Where? Where? Outback Steakhouse? Uh, you got it. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, you knew it when I said the Pina 
Koala. Of course they have a drink called the Pina Koala. Of course they do. Do you want to know what the Wallaby Darned is? Of course I do. <laughs> because you need to make a decision. Are you Wallaby Darned or are you a Pina Koala? Somehow Pina Koala is really hard to say. Yeah. Really, really hard to say. Um, but just be glad that I didn't go with Ruby Tuesday's specialty. No, I think it's Applebee's specialty cocktail menu for the month of February because they're the Smoocha Moocha. Which is absolutely terrible. All right. The Wallaby (laughs) Darn is a frosty combination of peaches, Prosecco, vodka, Mm. peach tree schnapps. We were on such a good path and then we nosedive. But also, you can try it Aussie style. What's Aussie style? For an extra dollar, you can add a float of Prosecco. Just another float of Prosecco makes it Aussie style, apparently. So consider that. The Pina Koala is a twist on the classic pina colada. They shouldn't you, twist it. They should stop. No. Oh, where you have superior rum, uh, uh, amaretto, coconut, pineapple juice, handshaken and served straight up with a cinnamon sugar rum and edible sugar art. I want to be the pina koala because I want that edible sugar art. Uh, that was the one I was going to go with too. I'm it sounds sorry. more tolerable. <laughs> but I'll take the wallaby one, you're, I guess. Your wallaby darned. It just sounds poisonous i mean they both do whatever oh it could be worse i guess so it could be worse it could be the lobster caesar yeah the the clamato bullshit the lobster caesar a lobster tail topped creation starts with spice mott's clamato mixed with lime pickled beans one sip and you'll be a caesar believer do you just still have that written there from last time or did you rewrite it i rewrote it oh my god of course i want to i want to try to memorize it because i want to be a caesar believer (laughs) oh thank you to batwall studios you know what brad what's up i'm gonna buy you a pina koala i'd love it We're going to make a little... I think on our 400th episode, we're going to leave the studio and head straight to the Outback. Let's go. You know what? I'm going to hit you up. I'm not only going to buy that for you. I'm going to ask them if they can do the Pina Koala Aussie style. (laughs) (laughs) Good Lord. Uh, Sidewalkfest.com, bitch. At Sidewalk Film on social media. Come see a movie with us at the cinema. Bye. Bye. See you later, alligator. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.